Woo, Monica, we're wrapping up our tribute to America. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. I like it. This has been fun to have our first series and have a little theme, and I've really, really enjoyed it. It, it just speaks summer to me. I totally agree. I totally agree. And so today, we're going to dig into slang, American slang, as well as popular phrases for different states. Phrases, words like oofda. Aren't you curious which state says oofda? oofda? I know. I might just start saying it because it's funny. It doesn't sound American. I'm, I'm intrigued for sure. Awesome. And so since you have a teenager now, do you know any of today's slang? Because I'm still using words from 1980 and 1990. Oh, I'm right there with you. I don't really understand any of the new slang. If I see it, then I Google it. The biggest one that I remember coming across with Brady and is very much a Gen Z thing is yeet. <laughs> they use the word yeet. So I yeeted him out of the way, meaning you just flung them out of the way or you push something or you threw something. They just made up the word yeet for something, a projectile. And they use it for everything though. Um, <laughs> and when- Sorry, that's ridiculous. Oh, definitely. It is ridiculous. And when my niece lived with me, this was probably about six years ago, I didn't know half the things she was saying because I had little kids. I wasn't in, in contact with any teenagers. Yeah. And I definitely fell out of the loop. Wow. I'm always curious where they got started, how they got started, who made it popular. And unfortunately, I don't have right. answers to any of those questions in this episode. So sorry, everyone. But we are going to be talking about specific slang words and when Merriam-Webster added them to the dictionary, what year, as well as who says oofda and what does bless her heart really mean or bless your heart really mean? <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> I grew up in the South. I know what that means. <laughs> what is slang? Slang is colloquial language. What is colloquial language? That sounds super fancy. It's basically informal language how you talk to your friends, as opposed to maybe how you would talk to the president. Gotcha. Colloquial sounds like it would be formal, but in it fact, it's informal. It is. It's cool. informal speech. And we all know that language evolves over time and it changes. And it's really fascinating how a, a word could just be used colloquially and then all of a sudden <laughs> end up in the dictionary as a legit word. Yeah. So Monica, do you think everyone knows who we are? No, like that I'm Monica I, I do and not. you're the other Monica. Well, so for those of you who might be listening for the first time, I'm Monica. And I'm the other Monica. And we are two Monicas in a microphone. And today we're here to talk about nothing serious. Seriously. Today's topic is American slang. Let's get to it. Yet again, we're going to do alphabetical order, but let's start with Wyoming. In Wyoming, they have a phrase. It's someone who looks like 10 miles of dirt road, that would probably be me when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> it's more than a little disheveled. It's a hot mess. That's what I would say. Oh my gosh. They also have a buckle bunny. Oh yeah, I can completely relate to this because I did grow up in Arkansas and a buckle bunny is someone who chases pro rodeo cowboys or people who look like that. Oh no Hilarious. way! <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. We definitely had buckle bunnies and also what we called goat ropers. What's a goat roper? 
that's somebody who would wear cowboy boots and Wranglers and flannel shirts and cowboy hats. I don't know that okay. everyone called them goat ropers. I don't know that they liked being called that. I was just a kid saying it. Did you know in 2020, the slang word that was adopted was thirsty? I thought that had been around for a while. And maybe that's because I watched too much Real Housewives and the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't even Atlanta. know this. Yeah, the Real Housewives of Atlanta have been calling people thirsty for several years. It's basically a knock on someone because, oh, yeah, if you're thirsty, you're like going oh. after it too hard. Gotcha. Well, yeah. that's inter- I've never heard of that. Well, now you know. After Wyoming, or rather before, we have Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, they have a really cute way, which you've already mentioned, I think, in the these 50 states. Oh, yeah. Is the butler. Yeah. It's a drinking fountain. That's so cute. It's so that. cute. Let's go to Who wouldn't want to call it a bubbler? But then they also have lots of gross germs. <laughs> <laughs> germs are our friends. Today's episode is brought to you by partner affiliate Force of Nature. Did you know that 40% of adults and 30% of children in the U.S. have allergies? Now is the perfect time to educate yourselves about how chemicals in traditional cleaners can trigger allergies and asthma. Head over to the link in our show notes and save yourself a bundle off of starter kits using the code SPRING30. Save an even bigger bundle on bundles. Start using Force of Nature in your home today. They also use a phrase upside right, which I have no idea what it means, but it's a thing there. I can see that. It may even mean upside down, but they just say it wrong. Very If you're from Wisconsin, let us know if you say it in the context. Please do. And in 2019, the affectionate term bay became very popular. Oh, did it get added to the dictionary? I believe so. Wow. Wow. And that means before anyone else. It's actually uh, an acronym. In case y'all didn't know. Oh, really? In case you haven't been around for 20 years. Wait, you didn't know that? I had no idea. I thought it was just a really, a change. Like a cute name. Yeah, or bait. No, I thought so in the very beginning, but no, it's before anyone else. Wow. Okay, cool. I just learned something. Me too. You didn't know about bay. I didn't know about thirsty. Well, here we're learning new slang. (laughs) We're so old. (laughs) We are so old. West Virginia, they don't call pants pants. They call them britches. That's such a Southern thing to me, too. Definitely britches was something we said as a, as a kid. Hangry. When did that get added to oh. the dictionary? I want to say 2018. Yeah, but it's been a thing forever. Do you get hangry? Because I definitely do. My family is known for our hangriness. Oh, I definitely get hangry. According to dictionary.com, which is the other source that yeah. I've been using, hangry mm-hmm. came about in 1915. Ooh, Cool. They've definitely been feeling hangry for probably all of humanity. (laughs) I'm probably going to be hangry here in an hour. I see here that you have Washington and you were there. You were in Seattle. Mm -hmm. There's a big red line here because they've contributed nothing in the world of slang for us here. No, they have no unique phrases. There was nothing that came up. I mean, and I searched, I Googled, okay? Okay, so Monica's Seattle friends, if you can think of anything, let us know, because this is very interesting to me. I would have anticipated Washington, and in particular Seattle, having some slang. Looks like in 2017, FOMO got added to the dictionary. And Monica, do you know what that means? Fear of missing out. 
But we move on to Virginia. And so Virginia is a, a sailor town. Yes, yeah, Navy, there's big, lots there. Big Navy town. And I guess the term for a yep. newly enlisted sailor is a squid. That's cute and funny. I know, it is cute. And manspreading, <laughs> I had someone use this term the other day, manspreading, 2014. I feel like it's what? just become a thing in the last two years for me, but apparently in 2014, manspreading, it means to like be a man and take over two seats in a, in a bus, for instance. You're just like taking up all That's the space. That's funny. And then I, I guess, okay. I wonder when mansplaining will be added. Yeah, that one's definitely used a lot. Yes. I guess. Well, I don't know if they have manspreading in Vermont, but they do have a saying about transplants. And not like transplants, meaning you got a pig's valve in your heart or something, but people who move into Vermont, um, but claim to be Vermonters. And they say this, which I freaking love. <laughs> Sounds southern to me, but it does. just because a cat has her kittens in the oven, don't make them biscuits. <laughs> it sounds like Vermonters, they don't want people from the outside coming to Vermont. Yeah. And hey, so we like to say that we are a bingeable podcast. And that word yes. in 2013 made the grade. So bingeable is official as of 2013. That is good. That's one that I would agree with that was a good word and it wasn't just like a slang like FOMO or bay mm -hmm. like it was just turning a word and using it now as an adjective I right think it's great in Utah they say if you're gonna cut class you're sloughing hmm. I I sloughed a bit in college not a lot I have used the word yeah sloughed off I always said yeah. sloughed off they must and have a lot of people skipping class <laughs> maybe they do oh my heck which i think is really cute <laughs> texas why the, don't you take over texas ones. these are phrases that i've heard maybe said again growing up in arkansas which borders texas so they have something that when a female says oh hell no it could mean anything from the horse busted out of the barn, okay, or that hussy better not be talking to my man, which I have literally heard people say hussy, and I have said it. It's so funny. I love Southern talk. It's just ridiculous. And it could also mean that she's got a flat, either a tire or her hair. But whatever, if you hear a woman in Texas say, oh, hell no, then you need to run because something good is not happening. <laughs> I say it, I say it a lot. I wanna say I'd like to do uh, Tennessee as well because okay. there are, t I say those things. So I think it's interesting. Again, Arkansas borders Tennessee. All right. Um, do you say either one of these things? Well, fixin', I had a roommate when I was in Costa Rica, Megan, and uh, she was from Texas. And she said fixin', yeah. she's like, I'm fixin' to go, I'm fixin' to get ready, I'm fixin'. <laughs> I'm fixin', fixin to do anything. Yes, so yeah. I started saying it after uh, I lived with her for a few months. Another thing that they say down in Tennessee, which is the state that we're on, is ballin' and squallin'. And that okay, is something what does that I've mean? said my entire life. Yeah, that just basically means that someone is whining and complaining. Stop your ballin' and squallin', my dad would tell us. I'm going to start <laughs> using that with my kids because that's great. South Dakota, they like to say get a wiggle on. <laughs> 
means hurry up. Get a wiggle on. I yeah. just imagine butt shaking, cute little butt shaking like a cat. Now, they also say, don't you know, which I anticipate is Minnesota. And I also gave it Minnesota accent. <laughs> I don't know what accent South Dakota has. South Carolina. I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Cersei? It's an That's how I'd say it. Uh yeah. It's an unexpected gift. I wonder where that came from. I, I wonder. And then I think you'll appreciate this. A bowhead <laughs> is a, pretty much a derogatory term to describe a sorority girl, which is hilarious. Since yeah, we were they must have worn heads. big bows. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Monica, you grew up in Michigan, where we already talked about in the driving episode, the Michigan Yui. Yes. But I guess in Rhode Island, they say bang a Yui to make a U-turn. Bang a Yui. Bang a Yui. We had to bang a lot of Yui's on the way down to Outer Banks. It was crazy. And I described myself as a helicopter parent, which you corrected me. I'm not really, but... We lived no. in the city. You got to keep track of your littles, you know? Yeah, that's different. Mm -hmm. So that was popularized and made official in 2011. <gasps> I guess it's been 10 years and I really do feel like I remember that coming up as a term and because I don't even know if helicopter parenting was so much a thing before that either. Right. I think people it's not like hangry. The date that we're giving is basically when it was made official, but the word was right. probably used several years before. Because I remember hearing helicopter parent well before I had kids. Oh, definitely. Because teachers were complaining yes. about helicopter parents arguing about grades and, you know, saying, no, their son didn't do this or that. Let's we talk about do. something fun. Yes. Like, what are Jimmy's? Um, I hopefully not a drug. What yeah. are they? It's an ice cream <laughs> sprinkle. But it's interesting to me because sprinkles can be put on donuts too. So if it's on a donut, it's not a Jimmy, but if it's on ice cream, it is. Yeah, we'll have to ask the people of Pennsylvania for sure because maybe they can shed some light on why it's just ice cream sprinkles. Friends in Pennsylvania, please chime in. <laughs> and if you are a friend, please stay a friend and don't unfriend us. That was made official in 2010. Yeah, that's for <laughs> Facebook. We use Facebook. It's that's like right. a necessary evil. It is, it is. It's kind of like the internet and computers. Technology, you can't live with it, can't throw it out the window. So in Oregon, they call potato wedges JoJo's. That makes me want to eat them more. Mm. They sound fun. I made potato I'm wedges also hungry. Night. We always do this right before lunch. I'm <laughs> starving. I, yeah. Oh, in 2000? We were so young then. We were. Crunk. Crunk. I do remember that coming out. Is that a dance style? I know that there is a dance style called crunk, but what? does this crunk? Yes. If you watch uh, World of Dance, that's where I learned okay. that. Okay. It's pretty no, cool. No, I, uh, I don't know. But just so our friends listening know where I got this information from. So I used a source called yourdictionary.com. I okay. also used yahoo.com. It's a state-by-state -state guide to the most hilarious and annoying slang across the U.S. Oh, cool. Uh, I used the online slang dictionary. So apparently the online slang dictionary uh, hates Google 
And <laughs> I'm going to read this because okay, like, well, Google has been penalizing this site in its search rankings for years, and a Google employee lied about it. Since they have almost killed the site, I'm going to start releasing details on Monday, August 17th, of my conversation with a Google employee who told me about the penalty in secret. This will culminate in my release of an MBOX file, including full headers. <laughs> I was like, wow, I just got involved in something controversial. But the online right. dictionary, it, it was kind of amazing. I could type in crunk and we could see the definition of crunk. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's extremely fun, exciting, or wild. <laughs> that party was so crunk, I didn't want it to end. I feel like that got moved into the dictionary and then nobody used it after <laughs> that. <laughs> right. Well, but isn't that the thing with slang? Like there are so few words that just are timeless and words right. that we think that we invented or started using during our time, but they've really been around for generations. Yes. In Oklahoma, they have a thing called a quake-nado. Is that like a shark-nado? If you add sharks, it would be a shark-nado. <laughs> it's a tornado and an earthquake at the same time. Talk oh, about bad luck. poor Oklahoma. Talk about yeah. Uh, Sienna actually asked the other day, she's like, what's, what's it called when that thing that spins in the sky? I'm like a tornado. She's like, where do those happen? And I said, Oklahoma. I said, Oklahoma and Kansas because of the wizard. Yeah, they are though. They're tornado alley. Mm -hmm. So in 1993, well before I was experiencing any of this, the term <laughs> booty call. <laughs> booty call was uh, an official thing. An official wow. word. So before yeah. texting, I, which I find hard to believe. I got a booty call on the landline and I was like, what are you doing? I didn't realize it was a booty call because in college, I, you know, I was so naive and pure or something. And a guy called me and that was definitely what he was calling for. And I didn't realize it till like But you were in college later. and so it was late 90s. Right. But what I'm saying is we didn't have texting. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, you physically He literally call. called me on the phone at 1.30 in the morning. Right. Yes. And I was like, oh, hi. And then, you know, I talked to him for like half an hour, right. you know. <laughs> and yeah, 10 years later, I realized, and I, I will tell you this about that dude is like, who do you think you are? I still think that all these years later. So we've got Ohio. Monica, you take Ohio because you live there. Okay. And I is will this agree true? that this is true. Instead of saying the word vacuum, people say sweeper. Go get the sweeper. I need the sweeper. Bring me the sweeper. I don't say that. I say bring me the vacuum, but people say it to me all the time. Okay. Apparently I make a lot of messes, but <laughs> <laughs> now this one I didn't know, but I think it's pretty cool. And now I will start saying it is that the strip of grass between the sidewalk and the street, which annoys me sometimes when they're real thin, but they call it a devil strip. I would think that that would be super annoying. Every time I see those small strips, I, I think I'm glad we don't have sidewalks in our neighborhood because <laughs> then we'd have to deal with them. North Dakota, if you want to bring someone a casserole, let's say for, I don't know, because they just had a baby, you're going to bring them a hot dish. Yeah. It's not okay, a it's I a could dish. see that. So I was just literally thinking of like when I read that I was like literally like imagining like these different casseroles I could be eating right now. Oh, I love this uh, saying that came about in 1992, which kind of surprises that old. I guess I didn't really start saying it. 
till my 20s, but that's buzzkill. Yeah. What a total buzzkill. And you know, yeah, and we so probably weren't are. aware of that word because we had never had a buzz before. We didn't even know what a buzz. Exactly. exactly. So, you know, part of it is age appropriateness. We started out with bless your heart. And oh, that, yeah. that is a phrase, the most prominent phrase for North Carolina. It means you're so dumb. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. Usually in the South, if someone's saying it, it means you're so dumb or I don't like you or I just said this mean thing about you, but now I'm going to add on bless your heart so I don't look so bad. But yeah, that's bless her heart and this is bless your heart. You don't ever want someone to say bless your heart to your face. <laughs> <laughs> so the internet, yes, it's been around for much longer than Google, but the word spam to mean internet or email junk mail was official in 1990. That, that is full, crazy to me because yeah, it was a full three years. Computers before, weren't even in the home really at that no. point. Maybe it was popularized because of working people who were using the internet at work. Mm -hmm. We had dial up internet. And if you go to New York and you have to stand online waiting for a bagel to be sliced for an extra eight so cents. <laughs> exactly. You are standing online. You are not standing in line. And that was verified by two different sources me. that I used. That bothers me. But maybe once upon a time, they had a line to stand on. Or it could be like the Mandela effect where people mm -hmm. just don't enunciate and then you think they're saying one thing and they're really saying the other. Totally. The totally. world may never know. I do remember before I was a, a tween, the word mm -hmm. dis coming out. You were dissed. Disrespected. Yeah. I never even thought about the fact that that had to do with disrespected. Yeah. It's just a shortened, yeah. shortened it's version a total of diss. He dissed me at the dance. Oh, that would be sad. I will have to say that Gen X was really good at shortening everything uh, my brother talks about that all the time he's a millennial and the fact that we were just so lazy we didn't even say half the words <laughs> so new mexico i always feel like they've got their they're their own place they're much like texas uh they're their own country because <laughs> what i don't even understand this one do they call christmas red and green peppers or do they use red and green peppers to decorate for christmas Maybe. what is this Maybe it's... No, because this is words. It's words. Yeah, so... <laughs> so they say red and green peppers instead of Christmas. Happy red and green peppers. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's what they refer to red and green peppers together. <laughs> so, like, I'm bringing you some Christmas chili. Then you should. You should call me out on that because that was pretty dumb. <laughs> well, New Mexico, I take it back. You're not as weird as I was thinking. I'm the weirdo. <laughs> You want to go ahead and introduce it? Oh, yeah. So I remember the phrase because my cousin Isenia started saying it when we were tweens. She's like, cool beans. Mm -hmm. But apparently it was made official. Yes, everyone said it. I never used it. And there was a girl in middle school who used it so much. And she used it all the way through high school. <gasps> and while I liked her mm -hmm. as a person a lot, mm -hmm. every time she said cool beans, I would, by the time we were like 17, I was like, would cringe. Please stop. Please stop. Although I do occasionally say cool beanio. So uh, if that if that catches on, I obviously invented it. <laughs> yes, because your family invents everything.
Did you invent a jug handle? It's an intersection that forces you to turn right or left in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. A jug. I'm trying to imagine where they got that, but to turn right. right. I know. I don't know. Isn't that called a T? We call those T's. Right. What do you call them? Uh, It's been so long since I've had to call it anything. I don't even know. And geeked. I remember when my brother started using that word in the 90s, but it actually became official in 1984. To be geeked out. I love that word. And I geek out about a lot of stuff. In New Hampshire. Oh, I use this word. I love it. They say janky, meaning trashy or not good. Like I use it all the time. I have definitely (laughs) used it. And you got to say it like with some conviction, not like, oh, look at that janky trailer. You have to be like, that's janky. And you know, really put it in there. <laughs> this is part of my vernacular. The fact that so many of these are on my vernacular is, is I don't know how to feel about it just yet. <laughs> Nevada. Okay. So, so I first read this and I was like, did they legalize weed well before anyone knew? Because they have a word there. It's called a toke. Oh, and I thought that was referencing taking. Exactly. Yes. What it references. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but no. Not in Midnight Nevada. Toker. Yep. Late night oh. joker. <laughs> but in Nevada, because of all the casinos, a toke is mm. a tip or a token. Makes sense. Yeah. You don't want to take too much time to say in at the end of that. <laughs> right. It's a lot of effort. Chill out. Became popularized in 1980. I can see that. I feel like that is definitely something people in the 70s said. I think it's one of those timeless phrases. <laughs> Monica, you have to talk about Nebraska because this one was just... No! It made me die laughing. I think this is really funny. The one in Nebraska I would have associated more with Nevada, in particular Las uh-huh. Vegas. Same. Because um, I've had it done to me, and this is going to sound bad, but a porn slapper is a person on the corner handing out flyers to strip clubs. Now, what's really funny is in Vegas, I don't know if this happened to you, yes. they would like slap the cards. They were these mm-hmm. little cards, and they'd slap them, and then they'd throw them in your face. <laughs> Throw them in your face? Oh, yeah. They Well, not throw, but thrust, which is even a better word for a porn slapper. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't associate Nebraska with, you know, strip clubs. I don't either. All right. So in 1979, it was deaf. But it's just not the same word that I use because I say most deaf, meaning most definitely. Mm -hmm. But I guess that back then it meant cool, like deaf. Yeah. I, 70s people were the coolest. It was a very ugly time, okay, aesthetically, but they were the <laughs> coolest people around. This is like a deaf podcast. Totally deaf. <laughs> Montana. Montana has a derogatory term for someone. No! Gosh, <laughs> this is bad. I don't like it. It's a spud muncher, okay? That's really bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Montana... That is very rude. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. We'll just let that, yeah, we'll just let that one go. We don't need a lot of comment. When I say gotcha all the time, that was popularized in 1974. Gotcha. I feel like that was a carryover from the 60s. Sounds very much like something they'd say, gotcha. And since I just left Missouri as my state, I've never once heard anyone say wash with an R. I thought that would be, be more like 
Boston. Warsh. No, that's because you Warsh. were in St. Louis, the city. Oh. You did not venture out. Ew. Oh, that was popularized in 1969. Ew. <laughs> oh, they were just over it. They're like, ew. Ew. So Mississippi, another phrase that I say, which is lick of sense. And you wouldn't say it like that. That sounds dumb. But you say it like this. She don't got no lick of sense. And it means clearly what it's saying is that that person is kind of a moron. <laughs> and in 1967, Grinch became a popularized word in the dictionary. Uh, I, why? Where'd that come from? Oh, gee, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, hello, Dr. That's Sue. Weird. <laughs> and is it the Grinch that stole yeah. Christmas or the Grinch? Got to go back to the Mandela effect and exactly. listen to that episode and you'll know. We come to Minnesota. Oofda. And it's just like, oh. But isn't it ufda? Ufda. Oh, probably with the Minnesota accent. Yeah. We need someone from Minnesota that's why, to chime in. Kind of like if you want, oh. Yes. That's my guess. We don't even know. We're just guessing what things mean, and that's half the fun. So now we come to Michigan, since that's where I spent my formative years. And I do remember using this phrase, Jesus Pete. It's a combination of Jesus and St. Peter. Jesus oh, Pete. is that where that came from? It, well, I don't know if it's where it came from, but it was definitely and probably still is a popular phrase in Michigan. No, I just mean I never knew it was a combination of Jesus and St. Peter. No, I, I never knew that either. And I said Jesus, Pete, but my mom was raised in Michigan, so I'm oh. sure I got some of that vernacular from her. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've called myself a groupie never, but... <laughs> There are certain people who are groupies, and I've read enough rock star yeah. biographies to know that a groupie is someone who just attaches themselves to a band, or and they follow them everywhere, and they track them, which is so much easier now with the internet, but that was popularized in 1966. Yeah, think of the difference in effort it takes to be a groupie today versus a groupie back then. Oh, I mean, back then, you would have to stalk them. You'd have to probably join their fan club and get snail mail yeah. from them about upcoming concerts. And if they came to town and did three concerts, you would buy tickets to all three concerts. Oh, you should do Massachusetts, because okay. you love the Wahlbergs. I do love the Wahlbergs. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hi. Yeah. You really love them. <laughs> yes, I do love the Wahlbergs, and I am dying to go to Wahlbergers. And so in Massachusetts, <laughs> They say wicked, as in wicked good clam chowder. I remember my brother I love using that. that phrase. Yeah, it's wicked. <laughs> I love the phrase wicked. It's a term that refers to something that's really, 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 really good or great. In 1963, the term catch 22 became popularized. Oh. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you know what a catch 22 is, Monica? I do know what it is, but. Okay. I just figured it was around a lot longer than 1963. So a catch-22 is basically when you're in a situation where no matter what you do, you're not going to come out on the right end of things. That's the way I look at it. Yes. So you're, it's, it's you're damned lose, if you do, yes, damned lose, if you don't. situation. Exactly. Um, but it came about and became popularized because of Joseph Heller's book by the same name, Catch-22. I have tried reading it uh, at least four times, and I have stopped every time. Yeah, well, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yep. <laughs> yep. I feel like I already know the end because it's a catch-22. <laughs> <laughs>
in Maryland, they call snowballs snow cones. Or is that backwards? I'm no, always no. doing these backwards. They say, they say if you're going to go get a snow cone, you're going to go get a okay. snowball. Which is so weird because I guess it's not weird because you get a snow cone in the summer, right? You're not going to go get a snow cone in the winter. And they do look like snowballs on top of the cone. You know, they the do. little snowballs. Oh, I was this a few weeks ago, or actually last week. In Maryland, they'll call you a chicken necker if you're a tourist who's trying to catch crabs. And we would go out at night, and the little crabs, they come up out of their little holes. Oh Yeah, so we would go out and get little crabs. When Lillian was about four years old, she put her all of her kangaroo pockets in her hoodie, was full of little crabs. And then like this year, I don't know if you saw in the pictures, like Brady had a huge one. So if you go out about dusk and then till after the sun has set, they will just be everywhere. And then you just catch them and then you release them immediately. Don't do anything else with them. Just look at them, they're super cute. You know what we've talked about doing multiple times is going to Maine to be leaf peepas. That's people who go to Maine to look at leaves. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. Oh, a leaf peepa. Yeah, and you won't be a doofus. And leave the colorblind dudes at home. <laughs> right. We're going to record on the road. <laughs> doofus. Yes. I love the word doofus. I haven't used it in so long, but it is a good word. It's, you know, it, it seems kind of wholesome and it's a little bit like a jab, but it's not over overly mean. Right. And it sounds like what it is. Mm -hmm. And I love words that sound like what they are. Yes. You doofus. I think we're kind of being <laughs> doofuses right now, personally, but whatever. Probably. This is fun. Uh, I don't know how to, you do this one. <laughs> I gave you this one because I want you to do it. No, I'm teasing. So in Louisiana, if you call a sidewalk a sidewalk, people will know you are not from Louisiana. But if you call it a banquette, mm. then you are from Louisiana. Oh, cool, because I was about to call it a banquette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to take that one. Uh, but, you know, I knew. Up. I knew you were trying to set me up. But it's interesting <laughs> to me that a state like Louisiana that has such influence from another language like French doesn't have more mm -hmm. identifiable slang. So speaking of a population with its own language, Jewish people have a certain language called Yiddish. So yeah. Yiddish, mm -hmm. we get a lot of words from Yiddish and klutz is one of them. 1959. Oh, it's like klutz. doofus. It sounds like what it is. Yeah. So right. Kentucky's got a couple of fun ones. I actually haven't heard of either one of these, even though, again, from the South and a little bit of the Hick South. So I've heard of people saying holler, like, I'm gonna holler at you. Right. But in Kentucky, a holler is a valley. And also they have some fun sayings, which so many fun sayings in the South. And they have this one that they like to say, I think your wig's a little loose. And that means that what kind of nut job are you? Your wig's a little loose. Maybe I should just start saying my wig's on a little tight lately. Oh, there you go. I, think I like that. That's a good phrase. Oh, <laughs> so this next word <gasps> I heard used just the other day in yeah. a modern cartoon. Yeah, I didn't know this was an old word. Me either. It's fantabulous. I actually thought it was made up, and but it's actually in the dictionary. That's pretty cool. Well, fantabulous is fantastic and fabulous. We all know what it means. It kind of reminds me of the word that my children use, which is called nervous sighted, which is when they're really nervous but excited Aww. about 
It's so cute. I think they got that from My Little Pony. My kids have made up, they call it Hanitizer for hand sanitizer. Oh, so, so. cute because it's for their hands. That's right. It's Hanitizer. <laughs> In Kansas, you can say shucky darn, and it means wow. Shucky darn, that was good pie. Shucky darn, that was good barbecue. Okay. I, I don't even know what to say about that one. And then they also refer to a chicken as a yard bird. I'm going to go get some fried yard bird. That sounds, that sounds really good, good for dinner. So if you were ever picked on in school or by your older brothers or cousins and you lived in Iowa, you may have had what's called a Snuggie. Yeah, it's not a blanket that it's, is a robe. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually a wedgie. And I have heard him called both, but wedgie is way more prominent. Earlier, you said a word, and I was wondering when it got popularized. And it was the year 1955, and that's the word jazzed. And I guess that, well, obviously, it's because Billie Holiday, Dizzy Gillespie. Anyway. So. Frenemy? It's from 1953. 1953. No. Can you believe it? Yes. I can't. Yes. I thought it was a new thing. That's pretty cool. I think so too. So in Indiana, it's the Hoosier state, but the term Hoosier mm -hmm. has a double meaning. It can either mean that you're from Indiana, which is a point of pride, or it could mean you're a redneck. Interesting. I wonder if they didn't just do that thing where you just own it. Oh, fine. Call us Hoosiers. Oh my gosh. We've got 10 states left. In Illinois, oh, yeah. if you're going to get a brewski, you're going to go get a beer. And that was added to the dictionary in 1977. Brewski. Having spent most of my summers in Illinois and having family from there, it just feels right. 1977, Illinois, brewski. I, I mean, in fact, my uncle may have made it up. We don't know. He probably did. In Idaho, Boise means Boise. So if you go to Idaho and you yeah. say, I'm going to <clears throat> Boise, Idaho, everyone knows you're not from Boise. Because gotcha. in Boise, they say Boise, not Boise. It's not with the Z sound. It's with the C sound. In 1952, the word baffle gab which sounds like gibberish, which kind of makes sense since it's slang. It was used to describe a wordy and generally unintelligible jargon. Probably anything a teenager was saying, an older person was calling it a baffle gab back Probably. in 1952. I can All the see slang that. that was being used. When you talked about doing this originally, uh, the this music man, which I know you haven't seen, came to mind because those teenagers were always saying like, e-gads and great honk. So that sounds like baffle gab to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeeting, oh my God. Yeeting not. is baffle gab. <laughs> yes, yeeting is baffle gab. I called my dad for Hawaii because when I saw what was referenced, I wanted to know if he was familiar with it. Maybe that's part of the reason I have such an affinity for Hawaii. Because I know oh, yes. my dad lived there before he had yeah. family and stuff. So I asked him about Dakine. And I was like, do you know what this is? So he called me and he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know how to pronounce it. And he's like, oh, Dakine. It's anything or nothing. Dakine glass on, on the table. You know, Dakine, that thing. So the other word that he said was 
slang in Hawaii was pauhana. So that means to finish work. The unique phrase that they use is auntie. And I have a friend, a Filipino friend, and he used to use the word auntie too. And it basically is a respectful way to refer a woman around your mother's age. Like I'm going to my auntie's house and it's not really your aunt, right. not a blood relative, but you know, it's a term of respect and refers to someone of your parents' generation. I think that's really cute. I do too. In Georgia, you wouldn't press your keyboard button or press the send button to make a call. You'd mash that button. Mash the elevator button. That just seems very aggressive, Georgia. Oh, shucks, Monica. That's so harsh. 1951. Oh. Yeah, well, that the elders were probably were like, what is that baffle gab when they say, aw shucks? <laughs> I think that we should just talk in old vernacular for a whole entire podcast. So you made me define colloquial. What is vernacular? Vernacular? Yeah. That's language of a certain time or region. Just, you know, making it fair. <laughs> I didn't have to look mine up on the dictionary. Something. I wanted to give a specific answer. Okay, well, I will give a specific answer according to the dictionary. It is a noun, the everyday language spoken by people as distinguished from the literary language, meaning everyday language. So here we have Florida, my current state. And apparently they call people snowbirds. I think Arizona uses it too, but it was attributed to Florida, so I'm gonna go with that. And it refers to someone from the North who yep. spends their winter in the South or the warmer climate. Yeah, we have snowbirds up here. I mean, that's what we call people who do that. And obviously it originated there. I'm, maybe one day I'll be a snowbird. A lot of people reference things that are happening now, serious things that we're not gonna talk about. We don't talk about them. Big Brother. Who is Big oh, Brother? Where did it yeah. start? What is Big Brotherism? And that was made popular thanks to George Orwell and his book 1984. And that was popularized and made official in 1950. That makes sense. So Double my speak. guess is that people, yeah, that people were recognizing things. If it became a big deal in 1950, or not a big deal, but people used it, then there must have been things in society at that time even that they were pointing out and saying, ooh, I wonder, you know? Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. In Delaware, this is interesting, and I, I wonder how they came up with this. <laughs> so in Delaware, if you are laughing loudly, which we do sometimes on here, you're bagging up. <laughs> If you're laughing loudly. Oh, Delaware, the first state. I and saw someone in the apartment complex has a license plate from Delaware and it literally says the first state. <laughs> I saw it this like, morning. Oh. <laughs> and speaking of bags, in 1962, this is kind of shocking, is that baggy pants, which I associate more with the 90s, were known as baggies. Mm -hmm. But I would have to see a picture of baggies to really formulate it in my mind. Oh, Monica, I should have given you Connecticut, my favorite state. Loakis is an imaginary monster. I mean, seriously, Connecticut? What are you doing? That's like, does I'm that saying. have a mythological origin? We're just going to lump it into imaginary monster. Like, don't worry about the Gloacus under your bed. But maybe I want to worry about certain, I'd say Gloacus is how I would have said that. Gloacus, okay. I mean, that doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, don't be a party pooper. Especially in 1947 when that became popularized. I think that America was living kind of high on life around that time, 47. I mean, just defeated the Nazis. Exactly, exactly. So don't be such a party pooper about it. The baby boomers were booming. 
I would definitely in Colorado be this next one, which is called a gaper. And that is a tourist who gapes at the snow and mountains. Okay, my friends in Colorado, I need you to verify that people say this because I don't think it's true. (laughs) A honcho, isn't that, what's a honcho? Like if you work at a job and you have a boss, he's the head honcho. Oh, the head honcho. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. I always thought it was a Spanish word, but it's not. Me too. It's a Japanese word. Mm -hmm. Hancho. Or honcho, just spelled different? Uh, No, it's probably pronounced different, but you know, like with the Mandela effect, the pronunciation goes through some changes because you have non-native speakers now using a word derived during World War II. Oh, California. I love this one. I say this one in one of our episodes even has this word, and that is hella. Hella good Drew Barrymore. And I attribute my using of that to my good friend from college, Megan. So I don't know if you remember her, but she always said hella, and she was actually from Woodby Island near Seattle, but she also loved California. And I was like, that's the cutest word. I had never heard it. So I like saying it now. This next one from California, I don't know if I actually believe. Gotta get flat means need some sleep. I mean, from someone who lived there and whose husband grew when? up there. When? In 1920? Yeah, I, oh. I don't know. <laughs> That's just my my source, which we'll have in the show notes. Well, like, California is a large... Let's think of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, okay? What words do we associate with Keanu Reeves in Bill Yeah, but that's adventure. Southern California. I wonder if Northern California doesn't have, with, you know, more of its own culture. The beatniks and the, I think of um, Audrey Hepburn. I just think there's two kinds of California. I think there's the Calif- Southern California that we all know and creates a lot of our pop culture. And then there's the rest of California. I like New York City and New York. I mean, according to yahoo.com, right? That's the source for this. I'm sorry. There are so many other slang terms that I would associate with California. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I would do awesome, tubular, dude, radical, you know, all the skater slang. Yeah, but again, Southern California, but that's what, when I think of California, I definitely think of Southern California. Yeah, but I feel like they should have put something else. Hey, Monica, your home state. Oh, yeah, Arkansas. And I would agree with both of these words, and I say them. Cattywampus. So that means that something is not right. Maybe it's leaning, maybe it's sideways, but it's cattywampus, which Mm -hmm. is a word that I feel like sounds like what it is. And then the other one is fit to be tied. And that just means like you're kind of anxious and upset about something. My guess is you're fit to be tied means you're running around like a pig and someone needs to tie you up. I don't know. So Arizona was the second most disappointing state, Arizona. Yeah. Had nothing to contribute as far as slang from what I could discover. So instead of doing something for them, we're just going to talk about the word duh. 1943. 1943? Yes. Here I thought it was something unique and special to Clueless. Duh. Oh, oh, I thought I said duh before Clueless. I said duh a lot. I thought it was an 80s word, honestly. Yes. Like, duh. Like, duh. Yeah. Yes. I would associate it with California, the 80s and 90s, and clueless. But obviously, we weren't alive in 1943, so how are we to know? Let me just double check. Yeah. All right. So in Alaska, I mean, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know I love sourdough. I love sourdough bread. I love sourdough starters. I love sharing sourdough. But in Alaska, it doesn't mean bread. 
it means a longtime resident of the state. I have a great aunt, I want to say, who lives in Alaska and has for a long time, decades. So she would probably be sourdough. I would agree. And just a little history on that, because I know you love sourdough. I do. Is somebody moved there 25 years ago to Alaska and they were given three things. So the deed to the house, the set of keys, and then a sourdough starter that was from the previous owner and dated all the way back to 1902. Oh my God, I love that story. Yeah, that sounds and right love up your that you alley. Just, I love that you just found that too. I did, because I, you know, I love you. Might not love sourdough, but I know you do. So that's cute. That's super Maybe fun. we can do a sourdough episode. Ooh, we can talk <laughs> hey. about San Francisco and sourdough versus yeah. Alaska and sourdough. Mm, it's, you can tell it's lunchtime because uh, it sounds so, so good. This <sighs> is probably one of my favorite slang terms that I didn't know was slang. Zooty. Yes, from the Nin- zoot suits. Yes, 1942. <laughs> it's a flashy way of dressing. So next time I'm all dolled up, I'm gonna be zooty. Hashtag zooty. Let's put on Instagram, make it a thing. Let's go people. Let's bring Let's it back. Go. Let's bring it back. That'll be fun. Let's do. Let's get dressed up and be zooty. I love being zooty. And we're going to round it out here with Alabama being in the South. So you know they're going to come up with something fun. And this one, I love it. Butter my butt and call me a biscuit. And basically, that's just the way to say that you are delighted and surprised, obviously, because butter my butt and call me a biscuit. Oh my gosh, like all the Southern slang just comes flooding so back to me. It's just so colorful. Like, it is. I don't know. I would love to study why the South has to be so colorful in their vernacular. But And Monica, what happened in 1941, which well, seems I mean- to be pretty apropos right here. I think so. It's a great way to round out this episode. 1941, yee-haw. Yee-haw! Oh, that's so much better. Mine is <laughs> so Yankee. <laughs> How fun. And we're not going to go into the history of that, but I would love to know. Super right. fun. The, Monica, I have to say means. that this has been one of my favorite episodes. Uh, well, I love the 50 states. Got a lot of Southern stuff going on here. A lot of learning. Mm-hmm. And this was great. I, I'm just so excited that you came up with this and went through all the work to come up with these because this is a oh, lot. Thanks. Monica did a lot of work for this. Thanks. And- Friends who are listening, we do hope that you enjoyed this episode. And since you're listening, you're going to want to keep listening because in September, we have some really extra special stuff planned, not only for our current friends, but new friends as well. Yes. So keep listening because the month of September every week is going to get bigger and better. And And we want you to be there for it. And we're going to include you. It's not just going to be new shows. It's going to be some things for you, the listeners, as well. So you're going to want to tune in. Maybe some swag. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. And it'll be worth it. So if you're a new listener, thank you. If you're an old listener, thank you. Can't wait. That was fun. We do hope you enjoyed this episode of Two Monicas and a Microphone as much as we did. If you liked it, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and write a review. You can also share us with friends and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. Today's music was provided by Kevin McLeod. We have Bright Wish, Comic Plotting, Daily Beetle, and Wallpaper. Sounds provided by Zapsplat. You can find the full credits in our show notes. See you next time.